like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary, and this week's co-host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shift Happens. I am Karin Weary today here with you guys. And when I'm not on here, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I help people release old things that are holding them back uh, from being the best selves that they can be. And today, I have my wonderful co-host, John Kennedy, who is a certified financial planner, and we are here today to talk about fudget or budget. (laughs) Karen, how is that for a title, huh? Budget or budget? I totally love it. And I'm th- I have to say, I fall more onto the fudget area. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> well, that's the question we're going to be talking about today, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone deals with, with their budget, like no matter you know what stage of life they're in, how old they are, if they're students, if they're retirees, like we all have to live by a budget. Some people's budgets are bigger than others, but like we still have to live by one. And um, I, I would argue that like a lot of people don't feel like they do their budgeting confidently. Um, and it's just easy to feel that way. You know, there's yeah. distractions between work and, and family and, uh, you know, other commitments. Like there's just so much happening in your life that it ends up being one of those things you just sort of like push off to the side so we can all improve. And that's kind of what we're, that's what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing when we shine the light into those dark areas that we just like to push away and, and pretend it isn't there. It's, I, in my mind, I like to think that just magic happens in that area, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, what is it? Is it? If there's still checks in the checkbook, there's, there's still money in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've we've talked about this on past shows, but yeah, you know, when it's something that you don't feel like you're particularly strong or good at or you enjoy, what do you end up doing? You avoid it. And so then when you avoid it, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy of, well, I'm not good at money, I'm not good at budgeting, I'm not good at math. Then you never do it, and then you're just you're never gonna get better at it if you don't. So that's kind of you know, that's what we're talking about today. And and I, I you know, budgeting can just be it's painful. It's almost like it's a dirty word. <laughs> it's, it's funny because, you know, when we talk with people about money, everyone wants to go to the exciting stuff. They want to talk about stocks and, and, you know, right now, you know, what's, you know, what's going on in the news with Tesla and Apple and that, that stuff's fun. It's really exhilarating. But at the end of the day, like your budget, your cash flow, that's the starting point for like literally every other aspect of your financial life. Yeah. So it just, it simply can't be ignored. But yeah. most people like to, when I, when I bring it up, even I can see sometimes people cringe like, Ooh, you know, it's bad. <laughs> it's a bad word. <laughs> the dirty word. Oh, John, you had to say it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. For years, I actually replaced the word budget with cash flow. 
And then people were like, what are you talking about? We're not a business. We're talking about our own personal finances. So we went back to budgeting, but cash flow was just like maybe a more feel good way of, of the term, you know, of, of a way to describe it. Well, you know, it was funny that you said that because I was just going to uh, say exactly that, that the word cash flow, that feel, I mean, it's cash, it's flow, you know, where, where budget feels so stagnant, right? I mean, it has yeah. a whole energetic feel, different feel to it. Yeah, yeah. So in hindsight, instead of fudge it or budget, we should have come up with something cool with cash flow. But now we, we know that for next time. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think what I, what I wanted to hit on was like the three, uh, just what we feel like are three important factors that some are obvious, maybe some are not, um, you know, that we need to be thinking about when it comes to budgeting. And, you know, we kind of like alluded to this on the pre-call, but, you know, again, I mean, I not even someone who's in the financial field. I mean, my wife is in corporate finance. I do personal finance and we have budgeting conversations all the time. We make mistakes all the time, you know, I mean, just how often does that happen? Like maybe you spend a little bit too much at Amazon or on Amazon or at Target and then you're reeling from that. So we're just talking about being proactive and, you know, trying to have a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you would think in your household with both parties working in finances that you'd be so spot on, like not a cent off of <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I do have like a little bit of, um, of, of some like obsessive compulsive, uh, tendencies and that's one of them. Like I like the numbers to match up, you know, I want the ledgers always to, to add up correctly. Um, but that's actually something that I've, when it comes to budgeting part, one of the steps we're going to talk about is simplicity and simplifying it. And so it can actually work against you when you want your numbers to be so precise and you're going to budget out every penny because, you know, there's, there is such a thing as like almost spending too much time with it too. Um, and so, you know, for us too, I mean, it's, it's a, a couple, you know, in a relationship coming together, having completely different understandings about money, experiences with money, and just trying to figure out like how that should merge together. I mean, we've been married now for eight years. I should have said that faster, like more confidently, like I knew the exact, <laughs> we're actually coming up on our eight year anniversary soon. Oh yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, but, but even still eight years later, like we're having the same conversation, similar conversations we were early on because you, you need to be continually communicating about it. And I think that's, that's number one. So like of the three key factors, communication is so important. And of course, you know, that lends to thinking about communicating with the significant other, but that's, it's not just that. I mean, you, this could be communication with a mentor, communication with another family member, someone you look up to, um, a, a financial advisor, you know, like there's, you, you got to have somebody as a sounding board to make sure that you're thinking about, about how this is, you know, if you're thinking about it correctly. So yeah. for example, like, you know, the national savings rates 4%. Well, part of the reason we're setting up a budget is so that we can have some idea of what, you know, the savings that we're going to allot for, for like the long term, right? And, you know, how do we know what that number should be based on where we are in, in our age and stuff? I mean, you're never going to know if you don't talk about it or you research it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and and the the big word right there is communicating because I think for a lot of people, myself included, there's there's some trauma in, included in, in money and having been in, in really tough places and and so, uh, 
it that gets all tangled in there with it. So I think, um, you know, coming to a place where we can release some of that energy that's uh, attached to our money experiences is powerful. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm curious, what would you say uh, in your, either in your experience and working with other individuals and couples, um, or maybe just like statistics in the industry, but as far as reason, like top reasons for a divorce, like what do you typically see those, those reasons to be? If you had to guess like top three, like what, what would be in that list? Yeah, I know statistically uh, money is up there. Um, however, in my, you know, everybody's experience is different. Yeah, I, I'm not a numbers person so much. I should, I, I am, I'm learning to love numbers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't exactly look up numbers, I mean, statistics and that kind of thing. But I know that I've seen that before. It's one of the top three. Yeah. Um, but the, with, in the people that I work with, Money is not something that comes up a whole lot. There, there are a lot of other things, but it's certainly when it is uh, an issue, it's 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 you know it's powerful, and it, it's especially if you have a spender and a saver together, or you know, oh my gosh, that's it's horrible, especially when you have extremes. So, yeah, I I, I uh, yeah I agree. Communication and money are because I was researching it before the call. So I, I wanted to see, but it seems like the, the consensus kind of kept going back to communication and money. And I thought, well, gosh, those two things are just very intertwined. Like, cause yeah. we're, we're, I mean, that's, that's part of the problem. And like you said, a saver and a spender getting married, there's actually a lot of beauty in that because I, I would argue that I am a saver and my wife is a spender. And I don't mean that in like, there, no, no, like judgment kind of way. Um, mm. But that's been great because I've had some amazing life experiences traveling and doing some fun stuff that I never would have done if I was independent on my own or if, you know, what, you know, a saver marries another saver, you might not get to do those things. Yeah. And, and there is like, you know, there is a degree of, of, of saving too much. I know that sounds crazy coming from someone who's a financial planner, but you spend all this time, you save all this money and then for what, you know, if, yeah. if you don't get to enjoy your life and the experiences that create your, that create a fulfilled life, then it was all for naught. And so um, I think there's a lot of good that can come from a saver and a spender as far as, but it all relies back on communication. And it's so simple to just, you know, life is busy. You got kids, you have work and, and you're too tired by the end of the night to talk about it. So something that that we do in our household is we actually just set intentional time aside. We typically do it monthly and it doesn't look like this like rigid meeting where we go over the same thing every time. I mean, sometimes it's literally like we're in the car for a long car ride going to visit family or something down south. And that's the time like we a lot to talk about it. You know, we create a few bullet points. We know what we're going to talk about. And we just have some op- like an open platform where we can talk about it. We're not, it's not like 11 o'clock at night and we're both exhausted from the day trying to, trying to do that. Um, so I honestly, I think communication is absolutely number one when it comes to that. And, and again, it's not just a, a significant other situation. If, if you're doing all this on your own for a lot of listeners who are single, you have to be able to, 
throw ideas out there and converse with someone else as far as budgeting goes. You know, you, you got to know if you're even on the right track or if you're thinking about things the right way. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, you know, is really beautiful because what you were saying with regards to communicating and with your, your wife and you balancing each other out, uh, I, I think it's also another piece of that is that neither of you are on the extreme. You know, you're not an extreme spender and she's not a, uh, vice versa. And, and also in your relationship, you have, you know, this uh, openness, it's my sense from our conversations, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, being receiving, being able to receive from the other. And, and that's one of the big issues where, you know, really, whether it's money or something else, when people are really stuck in, you know, this is this is what I'm doing. These are the decisions that I'm making. And and you can't make me do anything else. It's it's really that mentality that that gets to be a problem in in relationships and in anything, you know, because if that's always your mentality, that's the your mentality the majority of the time, then it's really hard to work with you and whether you're a coworker or a boss or whatever. Yeah. Well, and and, and talking about not just hey, what did we spend last month? But then making this a little more tangible and trying to determine, okay, well, what are some of our goals that we want to work towards? So if you're working towards being able to put a down payment on a home and you feel like you're on your own doing that, you're the one saving, you're making sacrifices, you're bagging your lunch, you're, you're shopping um, for groceries and you're buying things with coupons and you're doing all these things, but then your significant other is, you know, having shopping sprees on Amazon and, you know, comes home with a new car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's, then, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a real fundamental problem. And again, I, I think communication can help with a lot of that. Um, but you know, that in that example of like an extreme spender and an extreme saver, yeah, that can create probably some volatility when it comes to the family budgeting, I would think. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> we got some major fudging going on over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and I think beyond communicating, you know, the, the second, so that's number one. So like the three overarching themes for today, I think communicate about it is really important. The second one is keep it simple, um, which I alluded to before, tracking every penny uh, that's just going to create a sense of overwhelm. Um, it's almost like, you know, on January 1st, you get a gym membership and you say, hey, I'm going to work out seven days a week. I'm going to eat chicken and broccoli every day. I'm going to drink a gallon of water and, you know, da, 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 all these like amazing things. And what do you do? In the middle of January, you're burned out because you just, you, you made it too, you made it too complicated. And I think it's, it can honestly, for, for a starting point, it could truly be as simple as writing it down on a sheet of paper and, you know, converting it to something a little more like tech friendly later, but writing it down on a sheet of paper to see, Hey, here's the money that comes in the door. Here's all of our fixed expenses that we know, right? Things like electric mortgage or rent water. And then here's all of our variable expenses, grocery, dining, shopping, eating out, entertainment, and just having kind of a, an idea of what that is. And honestly, a lot of times that's that just that simple exercise is an eye opener. And every time I do it with someone, 
I, they, all, they already know what they spend too much on, but we don't like to see it. We don't yeah. like to see it. And so when we get to that point, I, I hear kind of like these mumbles and groans of, oh, well, I don't want to show you my Uber Eats bills for the last <laughs> month, you know? And then we look at it and it's like, oh, wow. I mean, and then you see the upcharge that a service like that hat comes with. And, you know, so there's ways to save, but um, it ends up being an eye opener, even just to do something as simple as write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's another where we, I mean, it's it's empowering also because, you know, again, when we take a look at it, then we have an idea of what to do with it. But, um, you know, that where there's somebody who was talking about flipping it to, so that we don't stay so focused on expenses, but look at income and, you know, I'll touch on that a little bit when we come back um, because that especially when for a lot of people ha- have struggled with the lack mentality and mm-hmm. scarcity um, where if we need to have the abundance mentality massaged a little bit it can be helpful um, Ooh, I like that mm, yeah well and and you had something that you wanted to share uh, that you're offering and and uh, I think it would be good to oh, throw that in a couple of times. Yeah, thanks, Karen. No, I really yeah. appreciate it. We're uh, we're creating it's it's just an inexpensive um, budgeting e-course, and it, it'll be I don't know thirty forty dollars something like that as a sign up fee. And what what we'll do too is probably um, throw in you know just almost like a few giveaways just as we're beta testing it. So we're rolling it out next month. It's still relatively new right now, but we wanted something that we could make very tangible for not only just listeners, but anyone that we talk to that they're, they're just focused on the budget. Because again, like I said, that's the starting point for every other area of your financial life. And so we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and talk about all these other complex strategies. The budgeting concept is so important to get right. So it'll be something that you can do at your own pace. Um, it'll be like a five or six um, video series course that you can follow along and there'll be some tools and, and tangible things along with that. Excellent. Well, that'll be really good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we can maybe hear a little bit more about that. And we will, when we come back from these couple messages, then we'll talk about uh, the how to massage our abundance uh, part of our mind, as well as simplicity and tracking, and maybe a little bit more about this, this really uh, exciting new product that you and your partner are rolling out here after these couple of messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Insights Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. 
Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to shift happens with Karin weary do you have a question or comment about today's program if so we'd love to hear from you call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 or send an email to Karin w at insightscounselingcenter.com remember that Karin is spelled k-a-r-i-n now, back to Shift Happens. We are back making Shift Happen in your life and our lives and every day, right? I am Karen Weary here today with my co-host, John Kennedy, who is also happens to be a certified financial planner, which is a great thing because today we are talking about fudging it or budging it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know I do too. It's so perfect because, you know, this is what most of us do. Now, I have one person who on Facebook, whenever I post anything like that, which she responded to, you know, um, you know, this particular episode, yeah, how she, she's just amazing how she just makes something out of out of nothing. I mean, she uses all the coupons and she uses recycled things. And and then one little trick, which is not one of the things that I was going to share, but um, which is aside from what I was sharing that I was going to tell you guys in this section, uh, she was saying one of the tricks that she uses is that whenever she writes a check or something, you know, she just rounds it out to the next nearest dollar and then forgets about you know, whatever the little cents are. And she says that ends up being like a couple hundred dollars by the end of the year. And she's just like the master of doing this. So I love it. Yeah. But the little trick uh, with regards to shifting from uh, scarcity to abundance was that uh, this one woman I was working with, she was um, really talking about shifting over to looking writing down all of your income which of course you do that as part part of your budget but there uh, it's like the emphasis is more at least first on what are your expenses which of course we have to know what our expenses are but it was more of really tracking the income to so that we see it because it can be easy to uh you know let 
that just as we just as we kind of let our some of our expenses just slip by that just happens automatically i don't know somehow or another my my debit card magically swiped mm-hmm. something and <laughs> i yeah. don't know what happened yeah so it was it was it was an interesting uh, exercise also I think that's great. I mean, that's very much a glass half full perspective is to start with, you know, when you think about cash flow, if we replace the word budgeting with cash flow, which sounds nicer, more yeah. gentle anyway, that what we're first we're gonna look at the things that flow in, the monies that flow in before we talk about the monies that flow out. So and and a lot of goal like good goal planning can come around that. So for example, understanding what your savings percentage should be. This is something that we my wife and I look at on an annual basis. So we kind of like set the goals for the year at the beginning of the year. And then we, we, you know, we set out to keep that savings pattern on track. So, our, you know, something that we talk to a lot of families about is attempting to save 20% of what you earn, what your income incomes are. And it's very much like a pay yourself first mentality. If you were going from saving 2% of your, of your salary to 20, that's, that's, really hard. I mean, that's not, it's more of a progression. It's something that you should work towards and say, okay, well, if I'm at two, I want to be at five by the end of 2020. And maybe at this, you know, the next quarter, I want to go from five to seven. Like it's something to kind of proactively work towards, but it's all based around your income. Um, So we look at percentages instead of dollar amounts because your income can fluctuate. So, you know, if you're trying to save a certain dollar amount, um, and your income is lower in that month, if you're in sales, let's say, and your income is lower in that next month, well, it's going to be much harder to save that amount. And that's why we focus more on percentages. And, uh, you know, again, I think I've alluded to this before, but the national average is around 5%. You know, a lot of a lot of people in my industry talk to families about trying to get to 10 and then ultimately 15%. I just like 20% because I feel like if someone can really do that, they're a super saver. And that is an intense goal. And it, 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 again, it doesn't happen overnight, but it kind of leads back to what you're saying with the whole abundance thing of looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, well, here's what, I, here's what I'm earning. And it's very much that pay yourself first mentality. If you pay yourself like you pay a bill, you'll, you'll find a way to get it done. Um, and we'll talk about that here in a moment as far as, you know, the, the third action item of like the three things that you can do. But really, I think just going back to simplifying it, whether it's having it on a sheet of paper, having it in an Excel, um, just something that you can get an idea of money coming in the door and money going out the door. From there, you want to create attainable goals for yourself. And we really focus on making them 90-day goals. Because it's, you can make, you can make that, you know, goal for a year from now, like what your push goal you want it to be, but then breaking that down in segments so that you have something to attain in 90 days, because it just seems like to me that, you know, the, the human mind can only stay motivated for so long to work towards something. And so if you give us, you know, you give it kind of a 90 day sprint instead of the marathon of an entire year and you say, okay, our goal this quarter is to pay off X amount in credit cards. Um, or maybe to stop using credit cards for the next 90 days to get a feel for what that looks like. Um, because like you said, we're talking about like money and spending up and spending down. How dangerous is it to use a credit card? <laughs> when, you're, when you're disconnected from that purchase, you don't have to pay that credit card for a month or maybe even longer depending on where the statement date falls. And so 
that's such a, it's such a weird concept. Actually, you have yeah. money that comes in, let's say we're in the middle of September or towards the end of September and you get a paycheck and you get a couple paychecks in September, you buy things in September and then you're not paying those things off until October. Like that really throws like a kink in the gears of uh, how your budgeting is going to go. So we're, we're very big advocates of at least giving it a trial run of maybe not using credit cards for day-to-day purchases because you'll be more connected with your purchase. You'll realize, oh, that's right. I, this is how much I got in my account from my paycheck. And that's the number from which I'm working from. I, I can't spend, you know, X, Y, Z and go to the theme parks or, you know, go do whatever. Um, so I think, I think it's about setting goals. I think, you know, keeping it simple, don't getting over, don't get over complicated with your budget and then use your budget to help you create some, some tangible goals for yourself. And that could be a percentage of savings increase that could be paying off credit cards. There's so many different things that that could mean. Yeah. And, and also, um, boy, there's, there's some good stuff in there. I, I like, you know, how also you mentioned about the setting goals and, and also when you were talking about increasing the percentage amount, it's kind of like lifting weights, you know, we start light and then we get heavier, right. As we get better at it. But the whole thing about using this as a time to set goals, which means that's something that's pleasant, right? I mean, these are things that we would like to manifest into our life. So I think that is a really nice way also to put a kinder, gentler, more positive uh, spin on, hey, let's get together and talk about our money, our cash flow, you know? Um, 100%. It makes it it makes it more exciting, honestly. I mean, it's, it's like you said before at the beginning of it, you kind of said, well, I'm not really a numbers person. I'm learning to be, and I'm trying to develop that a little bit more, but it's, it's not for any other reason than like for a lot of people, money, like numbers, it's just not fun. It's just not exciting. I mean, you're looking at something that's very black and white. You're looking at something that's honestly, it's retroactive. You know, you look at the last 30 days of your expenses, those days are already done and gone. You've spent that money. And so that's kind of where we talk about being pro, like having proactive cash flow is understanding, like being able, you have to know where you've been as far as your budget goes to kind of have an idea of where you're going so that it is important to see that, but it starts, it's the baseline for which you can then start to create goals around and make all this stuff tangible, make all this stuff worth something. Um, and I, it's so interesting too, working with, with families, working with individuals, and I'm just going to make up a scenario, but if someone's saving 7% of the income and the goal in the next year is to get to 10, um, how many of us might receive over the course, granted 2020 is a weird year. I understand that, but how many of us might receive uh, a merit-based increase, a cost of living adjustment to their pay? And what do we typically do when that happens? It, maybe, it. yep. It happens at the <laughs> it happens at the beginning of the year. Maybe it's in January. You get your first paycheck, and you go, "Ooh, that's a little bit better. That's that's fifty bucks more, or sixty two dollars more, or whatever." And you spend it. Uh, and it would have been such an easy way. And that that's such a it's kind of just a good hack to think about. Well, this would be the question I get. Or, the, the talk track I get a lot. It's like, well, John, that's really hard to do. That's hard for me to go from seven to 10%. Totally get it. And I'm not here to tell someone, you know, brew your own coffee instead of getting like, you know, an expensive coffee out of the coffee shop. You can make those personal choices yourself once you start setting these goals. But 
how easy would it be in that scenario where you get a merit based increase and you say, great, I'll just keep living the way I am. I'll recapture that $62 per paycheck and I'll save it. And that effectively allows you to go from seven to 10. And again, that's why I love percentages. Cause if you set your goal for, well, I want to save 150 bucks a month and your income grows over time, which in theory it will, then you're, you're at a static flat number and you're never indexing that number. So it's, it's so great to tie that back to what your income is. Yeah. And, and also you, how, for people who, whose incomes fluctuate, so it becomes uh, doable, not like, oh God, you know, I only made uh, $2,000 this month and I said, I'm going to made a goal. I'm going to put, put away a uh, $600 every month and now I don't have enough, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, that I like that. So it's flexible. It goes either way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, the, the last thing, so we've talked about communicating about your budget. We've talked about simplicity and the last thing for me is really tracking it. It's, it's, it's more or less implementing it now. And yes, pen and, you know, pen and paper is great. Um, and as I alluded to before, just even if that's like your baseline to get started, but the beauty of technology is there are so many tools out there, whether it's, you know, within your own, I mean, a lot of banks even have like spending analyzer tools now, or, you know, we, in our household, we use a, we use a platform that aggregates all that data so we can see, you know, on multiple bank accounts and credit cards and stuff, we can see all the purchases in one, um, in one system and see what our total spending is. But that just makes it so much, it kind of actually like lends back into the whole simplicity thing. It just makes it easier. It's just, you know, having a metric to track it, don't just write it down and then like ignore that sheet of paper for a year and then go back to it. Cause in a year, everything has changed in your life. Right. I mean, it's just, it's constantly evolving. So we gotta, we gotta be thinking about how we're going to track it too. Yeah. And with the simplicity, there's more incentive to go ahead and do it. If you don't have to go to 10 different, open up 10 different accounts and the passwords and the logins and uh, all that stuff. That's, that's the beautiful thing when we can get technology to work in our favor and simplify life because sometimes it goes the other way too. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely does. And actually I'm going to go back to something that you said again, but talking about looking at it from the standpoint of abundance and like leading with the cash inflow and what you earn. Um, You know, you, in our household, and I think, you know, a lot of people that we work with, they do this, but you can create some very good automated rules around what your goals are. So if you, if you want to um, save, you know, an X percentage or like in our household, uh, on a weekly basis, we actually use a debit card, which I'll kind of allude to. The, I'll talk about this like in the in the third installment, but we use one debit card that is tied to our daily spending. So groceries, lunches out, you know, dinner, stuff like that. Um, and that one credit card on it, we know roughly what we spend on a monthly basis. And so what we do is we give ourselves a, a weekly allotment. So at the beginning of the week, that number goes in there. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna be spending for the week on those things, and we see an account balance being spent down. We don't see a credit card balance being spent up. That, in theory, we can just keep racking expenses on. We we know when it's gonna go to zero, and it creates such a good parameter around our spending. Like it keeps us in check on 
And frankly, that's the thing that kind of gets out of check, isn't it? It's, you, you know, your fixed expense, like, you know, what your water is, your electric, your rent and mortgage. It's the things that typically get out of check are your variable expenses. So in our case, automating it that, you know, on a weekly basis, the number goes in and then that's what we, you know, that's what we spend down from. Mm, I like that. That's simple and very doable. And, and I like that part of, you know, you've seen the, the balance going down rather than, what you owe going up because yeah yeah i mean i i've i've read so many different studies on this i mean they the, the numbers vary but they say somewhere between 20 to 30 percent increase in spending when you use a credit card mm-hmm. and i'd like to think that you know you and me and everyone listening like we're we're all smart enough to know not to do that mm-hmm. but there is just a psychology you know psychological element of being disconnected from that purchase. There just, yeah. there just is. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I have to say the, uh, you know, where I use credit cards is usually for something like educational or, or business expenses that are, that are larger. And so that too cannot get out of hand, but you know, it is, it's never really been something that I used on reg- uh, go out and buy clothes and that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, for me personally. So that's Karen, do you use, I'm curious, do you use, uh, for like those other purchases where you don't do that? Is it cash or, um, debit card? Debit almost exclusively. Yes. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know if you were one of these, one of the old school folks that, uh, I actually have someone who's, uh, who I work with that that's cash is like everything for them, which I guess nowadays, like we realize like how, like germy and like dirty money is people don't want to do that anymore. But I was curious. Yeah, no, I don't have a issue with the Germans at all. I I do like to have cash and just, you know, it, it's just I don't get paid in cash a whole lot. But it's that right. type of thing. If I get paid in cash, then I'll just keep it and have that, you know, so. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the the whole envelope system from the 80s and 90s is where a lot of that has, you know, a lot of people were raised on that. You know, you've got three different envelopes and it's, you know, you know what you're going to spend for the week. And so we, what we're talking about is essentially more of like a digital envelope system where money goes into a separate bank account that has, you know, a debit card tied to it. So it's, um, it's more of just a digital version of what, you know, a lot of financial gurus used to preach back in the day. Which the digital thing can be so ethereal, you know, (laughs) It's not the tangible. You don't see the little envelope with the dollars, you know, actually going down. It's, you have to actually look it up, you know, the digital stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, for sure. Well, I'm thinking with things like Apple Pay now too, it makes it, it makes it so easy. And, but you can log in and see, you know, that's the beauty of it. Like you have the app and you can log in and see it at any, any moment. Yeah, yeah. One more app on the dang phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Taking up all my my battery charge. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, we are going to be back after these couple of messages with more on how to fudget or budget. And we are really working on getting more on the budget side and and just cutting down on the fudgeting side. (laughs) Sounds great. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Insights Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone, and we are back now with Shift Happens. And today we are talking about money because money makes the world go around, right, John? <laughs> it does, and it all starts with budgeting. So that's what we're that's what we're about today. Cash flow, sorry, cash flow. I was oh, you you were are you in my head? <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's a scary place. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so we were just talking a little bit about, you know, setting financial goals and what we can do to actually make it more doable, something that's more pleasant. And we were talking about goals and and I really like uh, one of the things that you were saying about setting 90-day goals uh, because it's seems more doable. I say, like, okay, I can I can do this bit of time here. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, we, we even do that in our business, actually. I mean, we have, of course, we have goals for 10 years and five years and three years. All, I mean, all the things that like we, in every book we've ever read, you're supposed to do as a business, right? Um, or really not even a business, just as an individual, like in life to have goals and have a track that you're moving towards. But it just, it seems like having that 90-day window gives you, so it's really just about breaking up those goals. You know, so what do you want to achieve in a year back into that? And what should that look like in the next 90 days? And how are you going to work towards it? It, I think it just makes you, it's one of the ways to stay more accountable to this whole thing. So the three big keys that we're talking about um, to budget instead of fudge it is communicate about it, keep it simple and track it. 
and you know I think you know having having all these things kind of at play just creates a little bit of a system of accountability if you do it in a 90-day window. Um, you know, something else that that we haven't touched on yet would even be emergency savings because that's a question I get all the time when it comes to budgeting and what should that number be and how much should we have and I think it should be different. It's different for every scenario, but the rule of thumb that we often hear is three to six months worth of expenses. Um, Karin, you've probably heard that. You've probably heard that too. Um, And it just depends, right? If you're, if you're a, a um, single uh, family income with, uh, and you're a business owner, that number probably needs to air closer to six months. Like you want to have a little bit more of a reserve. Um, But you know, I, I think having something that you can work towards in that way too, even if it's, hey, we want to hit our first thousand dollars in our savings account. And then we want to, you know, hit, get to $5,000, like these mile markers in your savings account. It's just, it's so nice to be able to see that and then hit that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and that's really important because I, I, again, really all of this comes down to, feeling more confident and feeling uh, grounded and safe and releasing stress because, you know, money is something that a lack of uh, can certainly cause so much stress and puts us into survival mode. So this whole emergency uh, fund is, is so super important and certainly been something that a lot of people this year, um, you know, those who have it have been happy to have it. And, um, well, what an opportunity this year has been to learn that even if you didn't have it, and I'm not saying that that was a good thing, but a lot of times we grow through adversity. So, I mean, if you didn't have your emergency savings lined up and you didn't have a budget and, and know what you needed, and then something unfortunate happened with your employment, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we've seen so many Americans either furloughed or, or let go or what have you, um, it is an opportunity as a learning lesson to realize this, this is why this stuff is important. And yeah. it goes back to the, one of the very first things we said at the beginning of the show, which is it, it, this affects everybody. You're not, you're not insulated from uh, the perils of bad planning. You, yeah. you got to have a, you got to know what you're spending. You got to have your emergency buckets. You, you got you to have those things and every, everyone needs it. Um, and we all deal with it. Like I said, at the beginning, I'm a financial planner. My wife's in finances and we were learning all the time about different ways to communicate and make our budget more fun and make it something that, um, is, it's staying on our radar a lot. Cause again, with being busy, it'd be easy to just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I want to really emphasize, uh, the, the rewards that come from it. And that was one of the things we were also talking about with the shorter 90-day uh, goals because not only does it keep the, um, um, what was the word you used? Accountability? I don't know. Accountability. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. an A word. Yeah. But I also, it, with that also comes the motivation because I, okay, I can, I can do 90 days as opposed to 12 months. And, but also then, as a reward of when you hit that, we were talking a little bit about, you know, how to uh, allow yourself to reward yourself for having uh, followed through. Yeah. You were talking about a specific thing that you do, you and your wife do it in your household. Definitely. And, and uh, so, yeah, in our household, we have a John bucket and a Jackie bucket. 
um, among other things. Like we obviously save for vacations, we save for home improvement projects, which those in themselves can be rewarding too. It's always nice when you do something to upgrade your home. Um, but it's all about if we're going to build in these rewards, like a vacation, I'm going to use a vacation as a, as a great example. How often do we plan for a vacation? We know where we're going to go. We look up flights, we look up hotels, all those things. What's the one thing that a lot of people don't do is make sure they have the money to pay for the vacation. They're like, Oh, I'll just put it on a credit card and yeah, I'm supposed to get a bonus next quarter and eh, it'll be fine. So that's not a good way to go about it. And you know, I, I very much believe that we should be planning up to the point of purchase so that when you make these, when these expenses are incurred in your household, you've got the money for it. You, you've specifically escrowed and saved for it. So another one of those like automated rules and, and things that we have happening in, in, you know, in our cash flow is on a monthly basis, we save towards different buckets of money. It automatically goes out on the first of every month where we save towards vacation and we save towards home improvement. Um, and yes, we have a John bucket and a Jackie bucket. And the reason for that is it kind of goes back to, um, you know, communication and money as a couple. Uh, we wanted to eliminate scenarios where there was like a preconceived notion or judgment around a purchase. Um, and how, how, how many of us deal with that, right? Like right. something comes to the box and they're, you're like, oh, oh, okay, Amazon again, huh? Amazon, oh, all right, okay. Yeah, we wanted to eliminate that and then be able to say, yeah, you know, I, I bought, um, you know, I, I bought XYZ on Amazon, but I use it from the John bucket. Like that was a, was a total John expense of something silly. And, you know, you can either save up for it and it could be a bigger purchase or, you know, whatever that monthly amount that you allot yourself, it could be that. So that's something that we've done I would actually say out of all the stuff we've done in terms of communication, creating separate, we don't do separate checking and all that stuff. I mean, we are very much blended in terms of how our financials go, but having a, having a John and Jackie bucket has allowed us to eliminate any kind of animosity towards a purchase um, that one might otherwise feel. You know what I'm talking about, Karin? Oh, like yeah. that happens in, in relationships a lot, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you both had the foresight to build that in and prevent that whole thing because we all have to have a little wild money, you know, to whatever, whatever you want to do. And so that is just totally on, on you that you've already planned into the whole thing. Love well, it. Well, fortunately, I, I, uh, I have been trained on all this stuff. So that's the beauty of being a, a CFP. It's like, you know, some of this stuff is has come from years of experience or learning or just tinkering with things to see what works. But that was 100% one of them. Um, a fun example I like to share is we went on a vacation, came back, and what typically happens when you're gone for a week or longer? Nothing in the, in the refrigerator is good anymore. Um, you need to probably buy groceries, but the last thing you wanna do when you come home from a vacation is go shopping. So the conversation we had in this one particular instance was, okay, well, you know, let's go out to dinner. What, what do you want to do for dinner tonight? And me being the saver in my head, it's like, I mean, I'm exploding on the inside. Like, what do you mean? How are we going to go out to eat? We just spent all this money on vacation. We can't go, we can't go out to dinner tonight. We can't possibly do that. This is crazy. And the simple response is, you know what? I'll, uh, this will be on the Jackie bucket tonight. I'll buy dinner. And it's like, oh, cool. It like immediately diffuses it. Um, 
because it, you know, it's one of those things where she's like, yeah, I've saved up for it. And I want to, I don't want to have to go grocery shopping tonight at 6 PM after a long flight. I want to go out <laughs> to dinner. Uh, so it's, uh, it's again, yet another way when, you know, we kind of talk about communication. It's a, it's a helpful tool, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love also how <laughs> you both know each other and, and yourselves so much that she already knew the John emergency bells were going off. So it was like, eh, it's not a mind. It's on me. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. diffuse the whole situation. Love it. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure in my, I'm thinking it's happening internally, but I'm sure she's seeing me like twitch and freak out about it. But, uh, but yeah, she was ready to diffuse it. And that's, that's just, we've never looked back from having some of those things built into our cash flow because we just, we've been benefactors of how it's enhanced our relationship, mm. making sure we're on the same page for all of our goals, those 90 day goals that, that we've been talking about. And like, like you said, you know, just a moment ago, building in the fun, you, know, you do all this stuff and you, you hit good goals and, and setting like, being financially free and financially independent, which everyone has their own definition of that, whatever, but achieving that in and of itself is so motivating and exciting and fun. But along the way, like I recognize that, you know, we have to live, you know, I think a lot of financial professionals often think like, or, or the, I'm sorry, the perception of financial professionals in my, in, in the world is like, well, this person is going to make me save everything. And I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that way. I think we realize that the importance of having fun and setting some fun goals. Mm, yeah, and I love also, John, how you were saying how this, the way that you've handled your money, has also in, uh, enhanced your relationship in your marriage because you know it incorporates the communication and the tracking and the coming together and setting goals and so much all of this coming out of money and i just want to uh, let you real quick again uh share the offer that you have because it's super important to what we're talking about here yeah yeah so like i said it's uh it's going to be an inexpensive cash flow course that'll be coming out next month um, we're going to try to keep the price point below $50, but the goal is to just, you know, kind of have, I guess the analogy I would use is, you know, you, you, you go to a mechanic to change your oil. You, um, you have a surgeon do your surgeries. You don't do these things on yourself. And so having some coaching and accountability when it comes to your budgeting is, is really useful tool, uh, as a really useful tool. And so that's, that's kind of what it's all about. It's going to be a short um, mini series with lots of, of uh, actionable things that people can use. And we'll talk about all of the different like automated systematic things that we have inside of our cash flow in our household and what we do with clients. So like making sure that you can, we want to crawl, walk and run with it. We don't want to just like launch straight into, hey, here's all this fancy technology and all the stuff that we need to do. But that's why we lead with these like three key factors. You yeah, know, communicate, simplify, and track it. And there'll be people will be able to find that where. Uh, you know what? Maybe just because um, it's it hasn't released yet, but I'll just okay. give my email address. So John J O H N at CanderPath would be a good way just to reach out to me, and we'll we'll connect on it. 
So when you actually get to where you budget rather than fudget and implement <laughs> these three pieces that we were talking about today, you will also enhance your relationship, your marriage, and whatever it is that you have going on at home. So go ahead, practice this, uh, send John an email, and then go out there and shine your beautiful selves because it will be so much shinier when you've done all this. See you I next week. See ya. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.